Welcome back. So the question is, is it okay to pray to saints for their personal assistance? Even if you haven't wrestled with that question specifically, we're hoping our discussion of prayer will prove insightful and helpful for your own faith walk. Let's get back to it. Here's Pastor George. So we're first looking at angels and how they act on God's behalf to carry out His will. And what they demonstrate in this context is that God often acts through intermediaries who carry out His will. While we may think of God always being the one who acts, since He is omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent, Scripture regularly shows His actions as flowing through others, who themselves have free will and choose to act as He instructed or not. Angels are a prime example of this. What about prophets and disciples and apostles? We see God using people in this way. Recall Moses in the plagues against the Egyptian Pharaoh, Elijah calling down fire from heaven, Paul healing a man crippled from birth, and Jesus sending out 70 disciples with the authority to heal, or the 12 to heal the sick, cleanse lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. What about believers? That is, people we wouldn't normally think of as saints, but who are followers of Jesus. They can and do act on God's behalf. There are many places in Scripture where the power of God flowing through people is demonstrated. But probably one of the most obvious is in 1 Corinthians 12. Here, it lists the gifts of the Spirit, the ways that God works through believers to build up the body of Christ, that is, the church, and to reach out to the world. These gifts include supernatural wisdom and knowledge, prophecy, healing, and miracles. That is, supernatural things happen through people. And then there are animals and things. God acts and touches people supernaturally, even through animals, inanimate objects, and, well, other weird stuff. A dove brought an olive branch to Noah to signify the end of the flood. A bush burned in front of Moses without being consumed, and God's voice spoke out of it. A pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke led the Israelites through the wilderness. Balaam's donkey spoke, and fingers appeared out of thin air and wrote on a wall. Peter's shadow healed people as did pieces of cloth that Paul had touched. Over the centuries, these last two, Peter's shadow and Paul's cloths, have led to an enormous industry in the distribution of relics of saints, cloths that have been touched to such relics, plus water, salt, other objects that have been prayed over or blessed by priests or pastors and so on. Some consider this superstitious nonsense. Others call it idolatry. Still others see a placebo effect or a focal point or just harmless personal piety. Many others regard this as evidence of the manifold ways in which God shows mercy. Certainly, we can get caught up in holy objects and in hoping that they have supernatural power. 
to the point that we lose sight of the gospel and the love of Christ and behave not unlike a superstitious person who carries a rabbit's foot for good luck. It seems irrational and uneducated. But against this dismissive analysis stands the inconvenient testimony of Scripture of the many and odd ways God acts supernaturally. Now, I'm not suggesting that anything be accepted, just a bit of caution in the attitude of our hearts. Where we may see in others an unhealthy devotion to holy objects, because it seems to supplant devotion to Jesus himself. We are better led if we speak to such folks in love, with humility and kindness. God still acts as he chooses, often in ways that defy our personal piety and our doctrinal certainties. Discussing how God uses animals and things, while a little intriguing, is just a subset of the key concept we're discerning. God often uses others to carry out his will. It is well established in Scripture and actually very characteristic of how he acts. We need to keep in mind our initial question. Does God act through people who are no longer living? Can we pray to someone, a saint, the Virgin Mary, even sweet Uncle Harry, who has died? Before we answer this, we need a little more preliminary study. We need to consider two additional key ways in which some Christians pray to saints. Whether it is legitimate to do so, we'll wait until after we look at these. The first of these two additional key ways is praying to a saint as an intermediary to God. Now, this is a slightly different idea than praying to a saint for their assistance, believing that they each have areas of special power. Here, the idea is that a given saint will more or less be the conduit to God through which our prayers will flow and through which then flows the power of God back to us, to help us in a time of need, the saint as a conduit, if you would. The saints are, in effect, agents or messengers of God, which, like angels, act to carry our needs to him and then act to carry out his will. Mary is often seen as a special case of this, and we'll hear that again in the next section, because she is the mother of Jesus. And the idea seems to be that if I don't feel worthy to pray to Jesus myself, or I'm frightened, then I can go to Mary, she's a mother after all, tell her my fears and needs, and she'll talk to her son. Sort of like the miracle at Cana, when Mary asked Jesus to turn the water into wine. People pray for many different reasons to saints. A second of these two key ways is praying to a saint to ask the saint to be an intercessor. Now, this is probably the least known concept for Western Protestants, and perhaps the most common understanding of the role of saints for believers in the Orthodox Church. The dead saints of the Church can pray with you or pray for you. They can intercede. Now, does this make any sense at all? 
As a 21st century Protestant, if I'm sick or out of work or worried about something, I believe it is perfectly fine to turn to a friend and say, Joe, would you pray for me? Would you intercede about something? Does anyone, Protestant, Orthodox, or Roman Catholic, think this is wrong? No, we think it's perfectly legitimate. We encourage such prayerful intercession for each other. Until very recently, right on through the Protestant Reformation that began in 1517, the common understanding of the church was that when people died, they stepped from this world into the next, and the distance they traveled was none at all. They stepped through a veil. We couldn't see them, but they could see us. They were aware of our lives as much as any living person. They were standing right beside us, if you would. They were in heaven with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but no one believed they became ignorant of us just because they had gone more closely into God's presence. Heaven was close at hand, as Jesus said. Those who had died knew well what was going on in our lives. Therefore, if my sweet uncle Harry had passed over, it would not occur to anyone that there was anything wrong in saying, Harry, please pray for me, even though he was dead. He was just on the other side of the veil. He would be aware I'd asked him for his intercession, and of course he would do it. That, broadly, was the understanding of the church. It was okay to pray to dead people, saints or otherwise. There isn't much in the way of scriptural support for this idea, or against it, but that was a common view. Over the last few centuries, many Western Protestant theologians have basically declared, an assertion with similarly scant testimony in Scripture, that when people die, one of two things happen. One, they go into soul rest and are unaware of anything until the second coming when they are called forth, or two, they step into heaven but become aware only of what is in heaven and all knowledge ends about what is currently happening on earth. In other words, those who have died are unaware of people who are still alive. Both ideas, that the dead are aware of the living or that they are not, have been considered normative in Christian belief at some point in history, and both are normative in wide portions of the church today. Until recently, the Eastern Church and virtually the whole Western Church believed the dead knew of those who still lived and cared about them. It was considered completely legitimate to ask the dead to intercede for you, maybe even better than asking someone still alive because the dead are in the presence of God. As odd as this sounds to most of us as Western Protestants, it is normative in large parts of the church, and we will explore it even more deeply when we come back next time. Thank you, George. A reminder that you can get your own copy of What We Believe and Why at the website of the same name, whatwebelieveandwhy.com. The book's available in paperback, ebook, and even in audiobook format, and we hope it will help you in your faith walk and growth. And we encourage you to join us next time when we come your way with What We Believe and Why.